Hi, friends. You're listening to the Digital Transformationist podcast, where we get curious together about what technology is teaching us about human ingenuity, resilience, and the mysterious force that magnetizes us towards connection with one another. I'm Katie Thomas, and together with our host, Christian Lane, founding partner of Precipio Consulting, our co-host, G-Love, Grammy-nominated artist, and our incredible guests, we embark on a journey to better understand technology's role in amplifying connection between us all. We'll hear from technologists, practitioners, revolutionaries, innovators, environmentalists, artists, and more, all sharing their experiences with technology and how it shaped their lives in respective industries. In today's episode that's part of our team series, I have the honor of being on the other side of the mic, chatting with Christian and G-Love about how digital transformation has changed the way we communicate and share our stories with the world around us. We talk about how technology enables teams to foster a culture of openness and collaboration, why good processes are key to helping companies deliver value and achieve awesomeness, and the challenges and rewards of building a podcast with a crew and guests scattered all across the planet. Today's episode is brought to you by the migration experts at AppFire, makers of Configuration Manager for Jira and 150 plus other helpful Atlassian apps. AppFire wrote the ultimate guide to Jira migrations, packed with checklists, worksheets, and expert-level guidance to help organizations move from Jira server to data center or cloud with confidence. Learn more and download your free copy at appfire.com migration. Hey, Gary, good morning. Good to see you. Good morning, Christian. How are you, my friend? Man, I can't complain. Life's good. Good. Busy, hey. but good. I see you're uh, you're not on the road. You're not back country. You're not in the rig. You're you're home in the office. I'm in Austin. Yeah, <laughs> okay. at least for uh, for a little stretch. We're uh, right. we're gonna do a little bit of travels here here pretty soon, but it's good to be home. Great, at least for the moment. And you, how's your? Uh, I see you got a lot of gigs lined up. You've been playing a lot. Yeah, we've at least been a lot doing, more. Yeah, doing some more fly dates. So um, and kind of trying, kind of figuring out after kind of laying off the road for the last kind of year and a half um how much touring we want to do as compared to how much we used to do so we're kind of lightening the travel a little bit um but it's working out good and um kind of being a little more uh picking choosy as far as what what gigs we take and sure but you know it's definitely been you know um you know as far as travel like you know back in the airports um back kind of doing more regular gigs for the time being um we'll see how long that lasts now but yeah. uh yeah it, it feels it does feel great to get back in the swing of things and yeah man it's all good <laughs> that's great and lots to figure out we recently uh, did a survey of our customers to ask them you know are they going to go back to the office is it gonna be some kind of hybrid mix when do they expect right. to go back right and then we also asked them you know when they expect to have like vendors or partners you know companies like us that help them actually go back and there's a lot of question marks, a lot of I don't knows. So sure. I guess we're yeah. all still, still you know, sorting things out. Yeah, and just trying to, and probably I, I know with with us, like just trying to figure out, you know, um, you know what our what our team is going to be because you know things changed and um, people have changed jobs and a lot of that's across the board like i ran into uh, a woman that used to sell merch for us at our red rock show she would use she did merch and tour managing for different bands and her husband's a uh, drum tech for a lot of different bands so during covid they were both laid off so she kind of quit the road and got a nine to five working in for a ticketing agency and um so just an example of people that kind of switching careers you know yeah, so there's a lot of that. There's actually they're calling the it the Great Resignation. Okay. Expect a lot of folks to, okay. to, they're expecting a lot of folks to resign and, and take different work. Yeah, and I think a lot of folks took jobs also that perhaps they don't really aren't all that interested in. Okay, but now that you know, took um, jobs going forward or, or or took new jobs that they're not interested in. So in some cases, yeah, a lot of folks took jobs that they really weren't that interested in. So mm. now they're, they're expecting a resignation, uh, a large resignation to folks getting back into the jobs that they do want. Okay. And just changing careers altogether because right. perhaps, you know, what they found was that they were having to endure stuff that, you know, they, they, they weren't comfortable with. Right. And a lot of folks uh, don't want to go back to the office, it turns out. Sure. Well, um, 
I, I hope that uh, that's not the case with, with our very esteemed special guest today, Katie Thomas. <laughs> exactly. Me, <laughs> me too. Our, our guest and producer, because we'll be SOL if she leaves. <laughs> that's right. Oh, we would be. Um, but, you know, Katie, Katie, for those listening, Katie Thomas, our, our director of marketing, you've, you've heard her name when she, or her, her voice when she introduces the podcast. Um, Katie, glad to have you on in this different kind of role. Yes, on the other side of the microphone, the screen, all the things. Hi, Christian. Hi, G. How's it going? Good, good. Great to good. see you. Yeah, you too. Happy to be here. Yeah. What's 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 what? I was about to say what's cooking in Portland, and that was not. The, <laughs> yeah, uh, but A lot yeah. Of things. Sorry to. Uh, how are you guys doing out there? And um, uh, Jimmy Jazz, my bass player, lives there as well as you know, and he was telling me about. Uh, he's had a number of days where he had to stay completely in the house uh, how's that going for you with the smoke yeah yeah oh my goodness it's pretty incredible it comes in waves um but last weekend we had like an alert where you know they're saying like try to um put plastic up on your windows or Oof. if you can be in like a environment where you're you know maybe in a in it like you where you have ac going not the window units sure. of, oh. um but you know we're very fortunate that we we don't have central air but we have window units and we do depend on them so um we just kind of stuck it out and stayed in the bedrooms last weekend and yeah it's kind of it's a very wild feeling when um it's so hot outside which portland is not used to right and then it's smoky oh. and um i think we're all this year like trying to be in the habit of moving our bodies when we can. Right. And it that those are two pretty serious barriers. So you're like, if I'm gonna go outside, I'm doing it with my mask. Like, yeah, it's a trip. Um, and I just hope that the fires are, you know, I hope that um, everybody who's working so hard on getting them put out um, are able to be successful. And yeah, um, kind of kind of a, to a tough topic, honestly. It's a sad topic. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, it's crazy too. And you know, like much respect and you know, love and gratitude to the to the forest fire fighters out there. And um, it's it's just unbelievable. And I, I will say, I did see something in the news, or or we were talking about. I mean, a lot of those guys just are getting paid like fifteen bucks an hour to put their life on the line out there. It's just like, well, how does that uh, how does that uh, make any kind of sense I yeah mean, really my know. god it really doesn't it's like for you know anybody who's in that like um those service level jobs where they're protecting the rest of us protecting the collective you mm. know they should they should be honored the most and yeah. and, and prioritized the most um i actually read an article just the other day about um a man who he's a he's a winemaker in willamette valley and one day he just he sort of woke up and said what am I doing making wine? Like, I need to get out there and fight these fires that are like, you know, getting so close in on the, not only around like where he, where his winery is, but also just like his community. Yeah. And so he like, he's put it on pause and he's becoming a firefighter. Wow. He's out there fighting fires. So wow. I thought that was pretty incredible. Talk about like changing careers, turning on a dime. So how do we move from here to, to digital transformation? <laughs> Uh, well, luckily, though, right, you're you're in a role where you can stay in the AC and get on the computer and, and get work done, right? That's your, right. Your work's digital, and you're not outside, perhaps in, a, in an outdoor kind of a role and, and uh, inhaling all that smoke. So we're, we're fortunate, you know, in that way. Now, when we started chatting, we were talking about just how there's this, there's this obviously been this shift to more, more digital work and digitizing uh, work and what we're doing. Um, let's talk about your role, Katie, and how you organize and how you help us move the marketing uh, forward. Because we've, this is our, you know, for those that don't know Pacific Consulting that well, we're helping companies um, transform how they do business, employing better practices and better technology. And uh, we're seeing more and more of our clients that are perhaps not software dev teams or IT support teams moving into these tools as well. And we've been helping, you know, teams, marketing teams, digitize work and, and really track and manage and, and, and facilitate campaigns and things of that nature. But why don't you share with the audience, like what we're doing and, and how you're using these tools and, and these processes? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, at, 
in being in the Atlassian ecosystem for the last 10 years, and I can't believe that's possible, but it is, I now am unable to function without the core, you know, products, right, which are uh, Jira, Confluence, and of course, Slack. Um, and so we depend heavily on those tools. Jira and Confluence are Atlassian tools. Um, Jira is a, a ticket management system for folks who don't know. And then Confluence is a wiki or an intranet. Um, so essentially, Jira is used to track progress of tasks um, all the way through the workflow until delivery. And then Confluence is used to um, house documentation, to collaborate um, on decisions, uh, direction, etc. And then Slack is our chat function. And that is I, truly the chat function. I mean, forget about it. I couldn't live without it. So um, in, in our marketing team, we depend heavily on those tools. And what we've done in JIRA is to organize all of the great work that we have to achieve on a quarterly and yearly basis. We set things up. I think of them in buckets. Um, so the, our biggest buckets of work are our initiatives. So everything in marketing uh, is tied back to an initiative. Um, uh, an initiative could be like our website. Um, it could be um, ads or, or SEM and SEO, which is our fancy terms in the ads um, and SEO world. Um, if you're in marketing or in the in related um, uh, uh, niche, then you know all about that. But um, it, so then underneath those initiatives, those big buckets of work, we have smaller buckets of work, which we call projects. And so those projects always roll up into an initiative. And then underneath all of those projects, we have our tasks and our subtasks. So it's just, it's a hierarchy to be able to organize all of these tasks, initiatives. Um, we in JIRA depend on what is called a Kanban board. If you just think of columns, you can make as many columns as you want, but to be very simple about it, like an open column, all of the work that's open and yet to be scheduled. Um, you've got an in-progress column. You're moving all the work into that in-progress column. You've got in-review to make sure everything that was done looks right and is in alignment with our with our goals. You've got done. Um, and you can get very complex about how that looks. So that's, that is how we structure our work. We say these are the initiatives that we're going to be focusing on this quarter. And specifically, these are the projects. We have project leads um, to make sure that that work is getting done. Um, and then we have our team who works on all of those different projects on those tasks and subtasks. And then in Confluence, um, we organize all of our, you know, really all of the background details. So um, who are all of our people? What are their roles and responsibilities? What are our goals this quarter? Um, <clears throat> for each of our projects, we have an objective page. So if someone from another team wants to find out what's marketing doing when it comes to ads, they can come to Confluence and they can see, okay, here's our outline of this specific project having to do with ads. That's where they are. Um, so yeah, we depend very heavily on the tools. Um, and I've been in distributed work for, gosh, the last seven years. Um, and so I am, I also just, you know, really, I feel strongly that these tools allow teams to be successful um, uh, in a distributed environment. And, um, and that's been a really fun uh, journey to be a part of now that so many teams are distributed. So that's a little bit about how we use the tools and then we slack each other all day long, you know. <laughs> so is, is like the slack, is slack, is that kind of, um, is that strictly business or is that also kind of just some lighthearted communication as well? Yeah, that's a great question. It, um, so it's, it's both definitely it's, it's a community building platform, but it's also a, um, let's, let's be efficient about how we get work done platform. Um, so at Percipio Consulting, the way we have it set up, and I think it's like this at many organizations, is we have some rooms that are a bit more fun-oriented, um, water-cooler-oriented. Okay. Um, so the nature of those rooms is I want to share my new uh, flowers that I'm growing or my um, really cool meal that I had last night or like I'm having a hard time dealing with COVID. Let's be real about it. Like, is anybody else really struggling? Um, so those conversations are had there. But then also we have like a marketing team room where we um, we talk about like, okay, this week, this is what's on our plates. Are we blocked? Does anybody need help? So it's definitely both. Um, I do think it's an interesting 
it's, it's really interesting to see Slack, how it's um, been adopted by so many companies. And now, I mean, I would consider it the category king. When you look at like a chat function, folks folks are starting to almost just say instead of chat, they're saying Slack, oh, cool, just like cool. the Kleenex tissue thing. It's pretty pretty it, cool is, thing to it, achieve. <laughs> are there... Um... Do, are there any pet peeves that you have about, um, you know, some people like um, uh-huh. doing things on Slack that really bog the shit out of you? Like, for instance, uh-huh. like I, I'm not using Slack, but like when we have like a group text going with, you know, the band and the crew yeah. for what's happening or like an email chain, like a, a big pet peeve of mine is when people like like um, when people like a text message. Uh-huh. Because yep. Um, and then it like repeats the text message because then I get a notification on my phone. I got left. All right. I don't need to see that. You liked it. You know what I mean? Like completely, completely. And then like, or or someone just responds to an email chain and just says, thanks. You know, like, yo, don't you know about like not cluttering my inbox? Is there like a thing like that with Slack? Like don't clutter my Slack, yo. Yes, definitely a hundred percent. It's like the worst. And you're like, oh my gosh, my eye real estate. Like you're, you know, it's like, like so much of so much of everything now is like eyes on screen. Right, right, right. Um, and and even with like in marketing, like it's like it's about getting eyes on the thing, like impressions. But it's like if you think of like social media for a quick second, it's like just get your eyes on this thing, and then it's like living in your brain, and you'll remember it next time you, I don't know, need to buy a car and you want to buy a Prius. That's always my. <laughs> My joke is once you start noticing, you start thinking about Priuses, you start seeing Priuses everywhere. Right. But okay. I digress. <laughs> but definitely there are things. Um, one thing that I, I think I like refer to it as like the squirrel. So it's like squirrel, you know, it's like, hey, I just, you know, I, I um, help. I'm on fire. Um, and that if somebody is like, of course, it's like, yeah, that should be it should be um, addressed quickly and it should be like, okay, let's get you out of that situation. That's no good. Um, but what's troublesome of it, if it's like, an you can at all, so you can at mention all, and that would notify like everyone in the company or you could at here, which is like everyone in that room. Uh And so then everyone's like, I just think of it as like squirrel. And they're like, what? Is this something I need to look at? <laughs> and it's like, if you add that time up, you know, it's, yeah. it's not only like a pain in the butt where you're like, oh man, that wasn't, that wasn't important. I didn't need to look at that right now. It's also like that time adds up yeah. for a company, you know? Um, so I, my big allergy is like at here at all, if it's not an at here at all thing or a um, help, I'm on fire. And then you're like, did you try to find any solutions? And if the answer is no, that's also, I don't, I don't love that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so those are my pet Here's peeves. The Definitely have them. Did you go through the Katie Thomas checklist first before asking for help? Oh my God. Hardcore, right? <laughs> Hardcore. I know. And I, I'm like such a big advocate too, for like saying when you need help, like myself sure. included, I think it's a hard thing for humans to learn. Um, it is super important, but I also like, we have a lean marketing team, we have a lean organization. And so, um, being solution minded is, is, is very important. Copy that. Copy. Solution minded. That's the name of (laughs) your Christian's new, uh, that's the name of your Christian's new band, solution minded. Solution minded. Solution minded. Oh man. I was weirdly thinking of this as like speaking of like titles and things. I I don't know. I have that type of brain that I'm always like, that could be a book title or that could be an album title or a song title. And this morning I was thinking new, like fresh tracks, fresh tracks. I'm like, I'm a skier. So like fresh tracks in the snow is like such a visceral, like, oh yeah, Yeah. fresh tracks. But then I was like, also fresh tracks, like music. Ooh, it's the double entendre. Yes. But then I was like, oh, there's other types of tracks. It could be negative maybe. So anyway. Actually, I think it's a great name for a band that plays a lot of ski resorts. Yes. There you go. There you go. I mean, that kind of is perfect for like a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I feel like the tracks, it should be T-R-A-X, T-R-A-K-X. I don't know. My, my, my father's funny. He's always trying to like come up with, with name band names or like song titles, 
song songs ideas for me but he has one like that that he's been trying to push on me for years gary i think you should call your band street noise he's like he's like i got a great idea for a song bloodlines bloodline <laughs> go from me to you and i'm like all right dad that's cool I got this. Uh, but, and yeah so, <laughs> so so how did you um how did you first come to uh work with precipio oh my gosh that's a wonderful question yeah I honestly admired Precipio Consulting from a distance for a really, really long time. Um, I started, one of my first um, roles in my career was uh, on the customer support team at Atlassian a very long time ago. And even at that time, I think back in 2012, I was aware of Precipio Consulting because every time that I would get to see the team at conferences or engage with them um, over the phone or through email. Everybody was so positive and kind and authentic. And I think that that just, to me, I I, gravi- I just gravitated towards that from the very beginning. Um, so at conferences, I'd be like, oh my gosh, Christian and team, how's it going? It's so awesome to see y'all. And um, just always such a positive experience. And then, um, you know, I, like I said, I started, I started my career with Atlassian, at least, um, in our, in the San Francisco office back in 2012. And then I was over in the Amsterdam office for four years. And then I left, um, Atlassian and I started my own consulting company, consulting in the Atlassian space. And then I worked for another partner, um, and then joined Precipio Consulting last summer. Uh, so that's sort of the, a year and 16 days ago. Wow, a year and 16 days. Oh my did, gosh. Did, Talk did, about they poach, did they poach you? No, not at all. No, I we, had... we have a no poach policy, Jake. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I had actually Say it left... again so all your clients can hear that, guys. <laughs> yeah, no poach policy. No, no. I was. Um, I had left the previous company that I was with, and so I was just out there chatting with folks and um you know, sort of trying to figure out what my next move was. And Christian and I reconnected and yeah, the rest is history. Um, And I couldn't, it was a true gift, honestly, especially in the middle of, you know, what this last year has been um, to get to join this team and just the energy, the positivity, and um, not just on the marketing team, but the rest of the organization. Um, And I wish I could tell like, you know, high school college me that I would be on this podcast like with with you G too because like I swear in in high school and college I was listening to all your music on the constant like (laughs) all my friends are like what you have G on the on the podcast I'm like yeah (laughs) pretty pretty cool well thank you thank you yeah um so yeah I mean you know we we've we've been working all together for how many days has it been, Christian? Well, I, I can't. Do, do you think of days. my time as fondly as Katie's? Um, well, let's 86 see. Eighty-six days. I think. You <laughs> joined, well, we we did that live stream with you. It must have been like May, May of last yeah, year. Yeah, so we we're also like a year and eight, and fifteen days. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, amazing. But yeah, like you know, that being said. Um, I, I said, you know, can you can you just kind of. I know I've probably asked this question a lot over the last year, but what, like, what does, what does Precipio do? And, and, um, of course all of our guests, I've, I've interviewed a lot of people in the space. Um, but it, 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 you know, coming from an outside perspective, not working in your guys' world, except when I'm working with you. Um, yeah, I still kind of struggle to kind of understand what everybody's doing. Yeah. Yeah. So you can edit I, this part out later if it's not important <laughs> to the listener, but I, at least for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to answer that. Um, I like to think of it as like at a very high level, we help teams work better together so they can spend more time on what matters. Okay, um, can I enter, can I quote? So yeah. do, you, do, you, do, you, do companies actively seek you guys out or I know you're in the marketing department or are you going to big companies and saying hey you know ibm or whatever um you guys are doing a great job but we can help you do to do better or people coming to you saying we're doing pretty good but can you help us do better yes both 
both streams are happening on the constant. Um, we're very lucky to have a lot of repeat business. So the business that we have with it, with our current engagements and clients, we're expanding within those organizations, helping their sister and brother teams, you know, um, optimize what they're doing, optimize all the tools that they use and consolidating them, looking at their processes and saying, you know what, you could save some time here. You could save some cost here. Um, and then of course on, on the marketing team, um, we are, we are, um, seeking out new business. Um, we're also, um, proactively connecting with those existing accounts and reaching out within them to expand, um, just to make sure that they know about us and that we can, you know, um, ensure that we are connecting with more folks in the organization, shining a light on like, hey, we see your pain, we see these struggles, and we can help you with them. Um, so both are happening. So, so are you able to quantify like, and or do you do this like quantify like if you're working with Atlassian or some other client like, um, you know, like, are you able to quantify with them like their productivity? and cost savings or, you know, profit margins after a year of consulting with them? Yes. Yeah. There's, um, I think quantifying things is a, is a, in fact, I was just having a conversation with, um, one of the, one of the folks heading up cloud at Atlassian last evening about this. Um, <laughs> I think looking at that, those, those quantifiable data points. So this is how much time you will save, or this is how much cost you will save, or this is how much um, uh, how much you will save using this tool as opposed to this other competitive tool. We do um, in in our marketing messaging try to shine a light on those data points um, to connect with our different audiences. Um, and I think there's going to be more and more of that. Um, specifically, we were talking about cloud yesterday, Christian Holly and I. Um, total cost of ownership. You know, um, this is kind of very specific, but cloud is um, the offering that Atlassian um, is is focusing very heavily on and it's of course it's it's across all markets like going software as a service cloud is the way of the future um, and so looking at how to quantify well if you're speaking to a um, a decision maker in an organization like a, uh, uh, a CIO for example they're going to want to understand, the savings, right? Especially if the cost initially is higher um, than what they already have deployed. So yes, definitely. And I think Christian can speak more to our specific clients and maybe yeah. um, the findings we've seen in terms of value add. Yeah. So we've been just crazy lucky. Like as, as the guy that started the company 15 years later, going back and just reflecting on the kinds of clients we have, it's it's, I pinched myself. Like these are industry leaders across any industry you can think of. We've got many Fortune 100 clients. And like Katie said, they keep coming back because we keep delivering. Um, in the case of like customers moving where work is being done from their data center and where their, their, their physical servers to cloud, that's very much an ROI conversation, but also a conversation about what those team members are freed up to do because they're not babysitting hardware. And they're not making sure that the network is up. They can then focus their investments into bringing value to their customers in the form of better, uh, uh, better engagement solutions and things of that nature. When we help software teams and other teams that are more behind innovation, it's less a conversation about how much money you're saving them and more about how fast are they able to deliver new value, new capabilities to their customers uh, and it, it's more of a conversation of like being very competitive. We've had customers, um, you know, Parole is one of our guests once, you know, her, her company, um, where they were releasing software like twice a year. So imagine like you, you spend so many months like creating something and testing it, and then you deploy it and release it into the world. That's a lot of change and a lot of movement to your software that then becomes error prone and also just slow to deliver some new capability and value. They're now releasing like daily, if not hourly, right? They get a change in place, it gets automatically tested and it gets deployed. So their ability to deli deliver innovation and new capabilities is just lightning fast. Wow. And on something like that, like that's, like, that's not an ROI, uh, so much an ROI conversation as it is like, mm -hmm. how are you gonna remain competitive? Because it's just faster and faster and faster. 
Um, what's also cool about the technologies and these frameworks that we work with, so we're a process consulting company, right? Uh, and a technology company, but it's the process piece that's like the core of our DNA. And in that, there are these frameworks. We've talked about agile software development and DevOps and idle-based ITSM. All of these process frameworks are trying to move people, teams, companies into uh, a space where they're creating value and, and they're proactive as opposed to a space of reaction and, and, and just waste. So if, if, a, in a, if in a company, a software team is saying things like scrapped, late, retrofit, that's reactive work that doesn't create value. But if they're saying like we're anticipating and we're, we're inspecting and we're validating, they're saying more proactive language that keeps them in an area where they're actually focused on creating value, right? And, and what we're doing is helping customers and companies and teams move from that reactive space into that proactive space with these frameworks and these technologies. Because these technologies and frameworks, that's what they do is they help you get in that proactive space. Mm. So that's kind of like the, the gist of it, right? We're helping companies just kick ass, really. That maybe that should be the new motto, helping companies kick ass since 1995. <laughs> I, think, I think if we went back and listen to every podcast, you, you always come up with like these two or three gems. I think that's, I think it's your dad that's inspired you there. Yeah. I know we need to pull them out for all of our brainstorming we do around that. You know, it's like we could use that stuff. That's good. We can, we can use those, those, uh, those, uh, great ideas. Yeah. yeah. And like the thing is too, like these are like, these are engagements and 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 uh, efforts where these moves taken by these companies are just hardcore strategic to their success. And there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of different attitudes and personalities and thoughts on what to do, what not to do. So we're helping navigate that, implementing better processes and better tools uh, to help companies, you know, achieve uh, their their awesomeness. Um, so this take it or leave it, but um. Do you obviously, are you guys the only people in this space, the only company? I mean, do you have um, some fierce competition in this market? And if so, what what are the things that set you guys apart? I can answer sure. that. Or you you can answer. I'll take a first stab and then, put, and then yeah, hand and you the baton. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, you know, there's, yes, there are other um, organizations in this market. Um, and I think, you know, there's at the same time, so it's a definitely a, it's a, there is a demand that we, there are lots of customers and clients out there who need support, um, doing the things that Christian was just mentioning. Um, Presipio Consulting, we are, you know, we have so many differentiators. Um, I'm so proud to be a part of this company and I, I have to pause and say like from a marketing standpoint, it's all about knowing your audience, speaking to their pain, and then communicating the core message wow. and believing the core message, right? And I think, um, you know, our tagline is is good process, well-practiced. And I think that that says so much about us. Um, you know, we're, we're really focused on helping clients and customers understand their challenges and meet their challenges with with customized solutions. Um, so we're not interested in just coming in and kind of you know deploying a well um, this is a best practice here and this is a best practice there. Um, we're instead really focused on on addressing their customized needs. Um, and I think you know the other thing is. Um, there's a lot of quantitative aspects too, but back to that authenticity piece, um, we truly want to help teams optimize and improve. And we want to help customers and organizations holistically with that. Mm. I think a huge part of that is listening to their needs. Um, so that's, that's huge. And then, you know, the quantitative pieces, right? There's these, um, um, performance metrics for companies. Uh, you could look at it that way. Um, the, something called an NPS score. So that's, we ask our consulting and training or, um, clients, um, whether they would recommend us or not. Um, and we score very, very high on that way ahead of industry standard. Um, and the same thing, um, with, um, 
with our CSAT, which is a customer satisfaction score. We also are just, you know, way above industry standard there. Um, so, you know, we can get into like the quantitative pieces, but um, our customers tell us that they're happy. They We expand within existing accounts. Um, and yeah, as Christian mentioned, we've been in the business a long time, 15 years plus. Um, and we work with um, a lot of the a lot of the folks at the very top of that fortune list. So um, three out of the fortune 10, I think was our last metric that may be updated since. Uh, so I could go on and on, uh, but um, yeah, we truly, we truly are. We have our, our success is our customer's success. And I think that is a huge differentiator for us. We really want to help the customer and client holistically. Can, can you just say, sorry, can you just say those three, the three, uh, pillars of marketing again. Yeah, I want to write them down. Is sure. it, that's that's really good. Sure, sure. So like defining your target audience. Uh-huh. So making sure you're speaking to the right folks. Uh-huh. And then the next one is defining and shining a light on their pain. Uh-huh. And that kind of on on its head, that is letting them know that we can help them with their pain. Uh-huh. That we're we're ready and equipped to do that. And then third. Um, uh, making uh, clearly communicating the core message of the company or our value proposition uh-huh. and really core to everything, believing it in your heart. Um, and that that's is, great. that's, that's for me, what's such a huge thing with, you know, such a huge aspect of <clears throat> my life at Percipio Consulting is I believe so much in what we're doing and in the, in what we can bring to every team across organizations everywhere and and really help them optimize their work so they can focus on what matters. So they have some time back in their day. So they're not, um, you know, in that reactive place that Christian was mentioning, which is also not great for your health long-term. Okay. That's a whole nother side it's passion stressful, I have. Right. Stressful, um, yeah. But yet, Christian, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I said I'd pass yeah. you the baton and I no, just went wild. No, you did great. You did great. Uh, let me say yes and is, you know, at the end of the day, it's a, we're a people first company and a people business, right? Uh, one of our four values is maximize mutual benefit. And then I think that's, you know, we have four, these four values that uh, help us when making big decisions and small decisions. Uh, it also ensures that not just me and my decision making capability or authority, uh, that I'm making the right decisions, but that through the company, we're, we're, we're making the right decisions. Uh, and that's, you know, again, maximizing mutual be- benefit is, is one of those four um, that I think is, is super important as a people, bu- as a people first business. So we make sure that we, you know, train and, and develop our folks, get them good uh, as best as possible. You know, the kinds of projects that are, um, are of interest to them. Uh, and at the end of the day, like Katie said, like just, you know, putting our customer success as our own success at the end of the day. I love it. Um, it, it's interesting just kind of, um, you know, like if, if I look at those, the, the pillars of, of that and also the maximizing mutual benefit, like, um, as the fourth one is I put it into my world as like a songwriter or, you know, entertainer, but really like a communicator and a connector, right? Because that's what I'm right. trying to achieve on stage every night. It's not just to entertain people, but really connect with connect. them and take mm-hmm. them to a place. But I mean, it, that that probably if I was tuned into those those pillars like early on or could look at them so clearly, I'd probably be a lot more uh, well-known now, but like defining, you know, just <laughs> knowing who I'm singing to and then, yeah, what what defining their pain or defining their experience what what songs that i'm that i'm writing or what human emotions i'm writing about that people can really really relate to and not just thinking about like what i'm feeling um and then really obviously believe and then having a um a core message as to what like my branding is as an artist um and really believing it and the people that i've seen that 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 are able to do that whether it's like um, some musicians that I feel like do that really well are like Snoop Dogg, uh, like in all different spheres, for instance, like Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you think about who he is and what he's portrayed, you know who he is. He's speaking to the audience, whether you like it, what he's mm-hmm. saying or not, like it's really clear. And then like Slightly Stupid, they do it really well mm-hmm. too. Like they know their audience is this kind of, you know, all about 
weed smoking people that like to party <laughs> and reggae but also want to have some heavy vibes and then like jack johnson like super connected with his fan base and then someone like jack white too like since the very beginning right. like his aesthetic everything is like so perfectly aesthetically planned um well, so think- it is interesting to to just really boil down those messages and um no, I think to that end too, right? It's like when you're your genuine self. Yeah, that's right. right? And you're, you're true to self, that that comes through. And that, that, that may resonate with some, it may, reson- it may not resonate with others, right? But I think as long as you're genuine and authentic about you know who you are, what you believe, you write the right songs, you know? Like you've inspired so many people, G, including me and Katie and the, and the folks, you know, that have produced the podcast. We grew up with you. And you've always had a message of positivity and a message of, of, of like hope and, and will and like drive hustle you know that i think resonates with a ton of people and i think that's you know that's what we try to do like you know our, our four values are focus on what matters make it work maximize mutual benefit and crush it every damn day okay and really those are just it's just about people at the end of the day yep. yeah very cool yeah. very cool yeah yeah i love it i think too it's it's amazing how um with music like my mom's a music teacher i grew up with music i'm super passionate about music i just think it's like it's totally it's a language in itself and i think it's so fascinating how some like one person will hear a song and be like oh my gosh i feel like they're there's they're they're speaking to it they're talking about a breakup they're talking about a hard breakup and then another person listens to it and they're like no they're talking about like uh, being reborn or i don't know they you know people have different interpretations of, of sure. the message and i think that's really beautiful too um um, yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated too with, with how, you know, I know we've talked about it on previous, previous, uh, episodes, G, but like your process of like songwriting and like when it hits you, like you sit down with a notebook and like get it out or is it a, like, is it, does it live in your mind for a while? Like, how does that process look? Um, I guess that's something I've just always been curious about. Yeah. I mean, for me, um, I try to have it be, you know, authentic and kind of truly coming from a place of inspiration, which doesn't need to be some kind of like super heavy thing. It just could be like, you know, me looking at my baby and singing him like, you know, a little song with his name in it and and just seeing kind of what keeps coming back. And um, and then there's there's a lot of times like in those lucid moments when you're kind of waking up or, or going to sleep and your brain's kind of those are the moments you got to catch because a lot of times you'll come up with some uh, interesting because you only need like a, a, a phrase, a sticky phrase or a sticky concept or a sticky melody to kind of get going on a song. And then you kind of, you know, fill in, you know, fill in the, the blanks kind of. Um, but yeah, the, that initial thing has to be really great. And, you know, I will say that uh, as time goes on, like I try to. um I try to be really kind of picky and choosy as to which ideas I do pursue. Um, and I don't just pursue anything because I've got, I've got like a lot of records and content out there. So I really try to only put stuff that's, that I feel is, is going to be worthwhile. So, so Garrett, describe your editorial process, I guess, if you will, like what would you put a time box on it? Or do you say like, it's, it's hitting my interest level between a one and a 10 it's at a two, toss it. Like, how, how do you go through that process to evaluate? Like, what do you want to put your energy into? Yeah, like, um, you know, it's interesting. Like, I, I'm not the kind of writer that, like, sits down and, like, writes every day. I, I don't do that. And, and, um, and, but I'm constantly compiling the ideas. And then, and then when it comes time to start working on a new body of work, then I'll really like go through those ideas and, and see which ones have merit and see which ones are worth following. And, you know, again, some can be really lighthearted, some can be serious, but the process is always, is that it's gotta be like awesome. They gotta be great ideas. And then, you know, once you jump into it, if a, I, I, I'm of the mindset nowadays that it should be easy, right? If it's not easy, it's gonna suck. Um, so that, that, go, that goes with the music and it goes with the lyrical flow. Um, so if you get, once you get that inspiration, whether that comes from a great chord progression or riff that you've got on the guitar, or the harmonica or a melody in your head, or 
like a freestyle flow. Um, and then you go back and really hone in on it and say, okay, you've got this great bed now and we're going to really, you know, ice this cake properly and really take off any, and take out, remove any ingredients that, that don't need to be in there. So the, over the years, I've gotten a lot more um, in tune and comfortable with like editing myself and also taking constructive criticism from, you know, from, from my from my colleagues, whether it's my management or label or other musicians um, or writers. Um, and then that could go on to the very end of the recording process. Uh, go can go on the writing process and all the way to, you know, when that right before that song is going to come out and people have different ideas. Try this. Okay. I'm always willing to try something, a new rewrite a verse, rewrite a chorus, change the arrangement around. Cause I know I can always go back to how I had it. So why not? Let's try. Sure experiment yeah so this weekend i had this ain't living in my head like all weekend long. well that's just a perfect I even song know. <laughs> i don't even know why g but i'm curious like this song strikes me as something just flowed through yeah was was that like one of those where it just kind of just flowed out or did you work on that one iterate on it a lot well that's interesting that that's actually an interesting song to talk about because um this ain't living is one of my favorite tunes for my one of it's probably uh, people say what's your favorite song to play it, i always say this ain't living i love to perform that song that's one of my favorites i love the message yeah. of it i feel mm-hmm. it, you know, everything about it is inspired and it's even 25 years later whatever it still strikes a chord um and it always seems relevant it's it's kind of about the plight of homeless people uh in yeah. inner cities uh, I, and it, it originated as a different song called product of the city which um and then i i ended up um i ended up using that my verse from that on the song this ain't living and the music came from this is interesting just briefly like so so de la soul sampled steely dan um i don't have a guitar yeah i do let me just show you real quick so like De, De La Soul sampled Steely Dance. Well, my guitar's off. Yeah, this is your picture. You know, uh, uh-huh. so they, they sampled that and made a rap out of it. Well, that was always one of my favorite De La, De La Soul tunes. And so one day when I was just letting my fingers wander on the strings, I came across that. Uh, I had just learned these two chords and I came across that groove and I said, oh, that sounds familiar. Well, then I flipped it. I went. And then I, and I slowed it down, and then I. So I kind of, um, kind of flipped it. So that's what we call it a pro, maybe appropriation, or uh, you know, a live sample. But I always approached my music like a DJ would produce hip hop. That's how I would always produce or approach my version of hip hop blues. I would learn a riff and then kind of put it into my own song. Um, so you know um yeah and and that song straight down the line and again like the chorus um was an appropriation of marvin Gaye's inner city blues which is one of my favorite tunes um and and that's that's how i kind of got that chant this ain't living so it's amazing and i never really got sued for any of this stuff but um (laughs) but then i wonder andy warhol didn't or cause didn't either so uh, but I, music is like that to me. It's a lot of appropriation. But that was kind of the musical pro- process. And then when we came to write it, I had to work with a rapping friend. And, um, you know, he, uh, I'll never forget, we were sitting in Harvard Yard in Cambridge. Um, and I said, man, I got this idea. And then he came with his verse. And then we did the back and forth verse. And when and it was really flowy and when we recorded it we let it stay flowy i think if i recorded that song now the arrangement would probably be a lot tighter but i'm glad that it's not mm. you know what i mean yeah i awesome. love that that's so yeah. cool it's like pulling pieces from different places it's kind of like and a collage yeah like a collage i sometimes will be like humming a tune or singing a song and ben's like my fiance is like what what now what were those lyrics i'm like 
I don't know. That's what I thought the lyrics were forever. <laughs> or I'll like combine the songs, right. you know, like, oh, he's like, you just combine the two songs. I'm like, yeah, but they go together. And I think it's kind of fun to be like, oh, I'm like, I'm, it's like DJing in, in, in your mind, you know, um, obviously for me for just fun on the side. Like, but I, I think that's really, really thanks so much for sharing um, how, you know, how that song came to be a little bit about that. And those are such cool examples. Like, Oh, I, I heard that here. I changed it a little bit and I can put it together with this other piece from another um, song that I love. Like, I love that. I don't know. Um, you, you just made me think of something funny because like, <laughs> I, I told you you were saying like, and I think it's something that I'll, with a lot of songs, like there's a lot of songs that, you know, no one really knows what the hell they're really saying. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, he makes and, then, and then you're like, you go through your whole life, like really famous songs, like the, especially oh, yeah. the one that always comes to mind, which I finally found out what the real lyric was last year after growing up with on classic rock is Bruce Springsteen's Blinded by the Light, where he goes, where, wrapped up like a douche in the middle of the night. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, it's not, it's yeah. not like a douche. It's, it's wrapped up like a deuce. Talking about cards. Talking about cards. Okay. He's talking about card game. Wrapped up like a deuce in the middle of the night. But why is that so sticky? Because no one, right? I mean, because you're like, what now? Yeah, what did you say? Did he say that? Did he say that? What does he mean by that? I was singing a song yesterday and it was like, I was like, among the stars in the Everglades. And then Ben was like, what? And I was like, what? He's like, it's, I've been the, I've been the star in many plays or something like that. And I was like, what? And he's like, no, I'm I've like 30 it. years. I've been singing oh it wrong. God. So I was funny. like, but I like my weird lyrics better. Wait, what song I'm going to go with the Everglades. What song is that? I've been a star. I've seen better days. And the bomb drops I, I've out. Been, so he said, you said, <laughs> I've been what? I've been a saw and sawing in the Everglades. I, I've been a, among the stars in the Everglades. Okay. Among the stars in the Everglades. Awesome. He's like, first I mean, of all, that's people a People want to dig that version of it. I know, right? That's I was like, so God, I, don't, I can't explain myself. But And then your brain's like, I'm like, I can't, how am I going to train it back? I don't think I can. <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've won like... Um, like on that song cold beverage like there's a phrase and it goes stick it in the fridge stick it in the fridge and someone's saying why do you say chicken in the fridge chicken in the fridge chicken in the fridge <laughs> you're like what now i did not say that but <laughs> i swear to god vi vi uh what's the water vi vital water mm -hmm. i swear to god that they stole my punchline because if you look on the back of every vital water it says stick it in the fridge oh 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 you're like hey wait a second now uh, oh it's not God. trademarked i mean i don't know oh. help me with this consult <laughs> <laughs> i know that's a whole that's a whole can of worms like and i can only imagine in the music industry with lyrics and titles and things but um like how much you have to research if you're just starting an organization, for example, like the, the name yeah. to make sure that no one else has the exact same name. And if they do, you have to be prepared to like, you know, all that oh, yeah. stuff. That's, I, had, that's I, had a, to buy, I had to pay for the rights to my name because there was a, a couple rappers performing. Oh. But yeah, we, we digress. Oh <laughs> we digress. Wow. I know. We could talk about all the things forever. I love connecting with y'all and being on this side of the of the screen of the microphone. Well, we could do a little quick speed round. I'm in. I'm in for that. Let's let's ask Katie some questions okay. on the speed round. You want to start with the first one, Jay? Sure. California or Oregon? Oh, I've been in so much trouble. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Um. California. It's my home. Boom. Yeah. Got to. Well, and then I'm sure the people in Oregon will say, well, why the hell won't you move back? Exactly. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> they're like, just leave, please. Because they don't want, because like, isn't that thing in Seattle and, and Portland? They're like, no more people from California. Uh, <laughs> it's Austin. It's Colorado. <laughs> it's everywhere. Okay. Completely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely frowned upon. Don't but... move where I am. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. Here's, here's one for you. Amsterdam in one word. Me? Mm-hmm. Um... Magical. Ooh. All right. Ski or snowboard? Ski. I got to say ski. <laughs> Favorite software? 
Oh my god. I gotta say Jira. I just have to. Jira for the win. A uh, fa favorite G-Love song. Ooh. Baby's got sauce. <laughs> Baby ain't sweet like mine. And also, I love the um, rainbow song you did with oh. Jack Johnson. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just making. I'm just coming up with some off the top of my of my dome, Christian. All right, um, that's good, man. That's good. Um, damn. So let's see, Kate. I guess you don't have this list in front of you, do you? No. Then Flying I'll blind. Ask, I'll ask. Uh, I'll ask Garrett. Okay. Uh, musical guilty pleasure. Um, damn. I, I had this one so hard. Yeah, it's probably Taylor, Taylor. My my secret love affair for, for for Taylor Swift and, and her amazing T songs. Swift. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. I, I definitely have like a, a uh, like, I, I definitely tune into like a lot of a pop, super pop music, partly because my wife leaves either the blend or the pulse up on the radio, like two serious okay. stations that, and then I hear that I'm like, that's actually a pretty good song. <laughs> it's a fucking great song. <laughs> uh, what do you miss most about playing live? Um, uh well i ha i have been playing what whatever i miss mostly i play I guess, yeah just yeah. uh i guess the just people dancing yes yeah, seeing live you know pe just interacting with with the um with who whoever shows up at the, the, the fans that are at the gig because i always say to people yeah. I actually says to my lead guitar player yesterday i was like hey man don't look at me when you're playing a solo like look at the crowd and he goes oh thanks for saying that because in this other band they're saying i'm i'm looking at the crowd playing to the crowd too much that's the way i look at it is like interesting look if i just want to play for myself i'll just sit here in this room when i'm playing on right. stage this is us giving what we have to offer to the people so like it's a perfect example of the audience yeah. thing from yeah. earlier it's like you're speaking to, Speak the, to audience. the audience yeah. so just to get to connect of... the connection the connection the connection yep yep um instrument you just can't play um any type of uh wind instrument <laughs> when instruments cool Any, anything anything then, other than a guitar and a harmonica basically <laughs> <laughs> uh and then favorite album this year uh, that's easy one uh, there's a song that re that really struck a chord with me this year which is sanctuary by the artist name is his golden messenger and um honestly i haven't listened to the whole record i've only heard that track but man i never heard that guy and uh oh man that song just really gets me Sanctuary. It's cool. I'm going to check really it out. Good. His Golden Messenger. Cool. Those are the questions for you. Okay, Jake. Christian. Lake, lake, yeah. or ocean, lake or ocean for surfing? Oh, cool. man. This is a hard one. Uh, we've been living, our neighborhood's on the lake, on Lake Austin. Uh, and I love the lake and freshwater. But right now, my passion is I, I've got to become a good, snow, uh, a good surfer. So I'm trying to get down to the ocean as much as I can. So, so I'm going to say ocean. So you go to Galveston to surf down on the texas coast because uh, there's waves down there no yeah there's waves uh, my buddy actually just went to port aransas this weekend and said there was something to work uh, with but you have to just time sure. it right and it's just a matter you gotta just pay attention and, and be willing just to make the quick or you could do the uh, you know the guys down. ride behind the uh, oil tankers on the wake yeah wake. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly i've wake. always wanted to do that. Uh, i'd rather spend weeks or months at a time in costa rica though <laughs> That's, that's, what I'm, uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm going for. All right, Tex-Mex <laughs> burritos or Torreon gorditas. Torreon gorditas. What is sure. what's Torreon? Uh, so Torreon is a is a city uh, in kind of north central Mexico. Okay. Um, we spent our summers in a, in the neighboring city, almost Palacios kids. Mm. All right, favorite instrument, mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be musical. Um, oh no, it's a, it's, a, it's a good point. I was gonna make a an analogy to to the tools being that we work with being our instruments, but uh, I'm gonna say surfboard for now. Okay, la la Land Cruiser or Land Rover? Land Cruiser. <laughs> yeah, I got my I've got my build coming in November. What, what do you think about the so, uh, What do you think about the new Ford Bronco? Uh, I think it's they're, neat. A lot of technology in it. Pretty cool, pretty um, cool looking rig. Yeah, it looks it looks it looks pretty it looks pretty awesome. And lastly, can you help me to find a tricked out sprinter van? A tricked out sprinter van. Um, well, you got a guy who's building your rig out. Yeah, so 
Let's okay, talk about yeah. that. Offline. Uh, when you have some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm happy to spend hours with you talking about that. Those look so fun, by the way. Those look just amazing. When we were in New Zealand, folks rent all the vans and they're like, some are tricked out, some are just basic, but I just love that whole concept of just getting in and going and then getting to see all sorts of things, especially in, you know, in North America, there's so much to see. It's such a giant area, so... Just get in and roll on, I guess. Yep, yeah. for sure. We've outgrown our suburban. Cool. So yeah, we gotta <laughs> get a new tool. Oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> yeah, three, three kids, kiddos yeah. now. So, yeah. Amazing. So you looking to outfit it with like uh, like the whole camping like house setup, or you just want like seats and plenty of room in the back? Yeah, both. S- okay. Some some way to transport the children, some gear, and ourselves safely to the gig. You know, so yeah, okay. we'll talk about. It. But this has been great, Katie. Thanks so much for joining us twice today. Uh, you set it all all up and hit the home run. Ah, thank you. Yeah, it's thank an you. honor. It's an honor to get to work with y'all and get to learn from y'all, hear all your stories on all our episodes. So, uh, I I hope I get to crash the party again in the future. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll, I'll be on the other side of things okay. be in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Thank thanks y'all. katie thanks jay good to see you thanks christian thanks guys awesome to see you bye thanks for listening to the digital transformationist podcast brought to you by precipio consulting Precipio Consulting provides flexible, scalable, expert-level IT and business solutions to enhance productivity and decrease cost. Check out our other episodes, access show notes, and links, and listen to some great bonus content on our website at precipio.com. Like what you heard? Subscribe, rate, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And tell a friend. We love making new friends. I'm executive producer Katie Thomas. Victor Vargas is our lead engineer. Alejandro Caballero is our editor. Stephanie Harrison is our writer. If you want to find out more about how we can help your organization with digital transformation, or if you just want to find out more about digital transformation, send us an email at contact at Thanks for tuning in.